Have you ever turned up to a game on the wrong day? What were you doing at 16 years old? And has your ref ever got changed at the side of the pitch? Find out on today's episode of the Youth Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Youth Football Podcast. I'm Adam Binney, joined as ever by Robbie McDonald. And we have a special guest today, Lauren Ball from Youth Football Scotland has joined us to talk through her game at the weekend. Great to have another reporter make their YFS debut. Lauren, how are you feeling? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, it was a good game to go to, so yeah. Smashing. Now, before we get into the nitty-gritty of all the games at the weekend of the, the grassroots football that we've covered, Robbie, I think in the in the professional game, it was a, a fantastic weekend for, um, for youth players. Two 16-year-olds getting their debut in the same game. Tell us about it. I know, it was brilliant to see. There was uh, Hibs and St Johnston played each other the weekend. And both Rory Whitaker and Fran Frank Zach both got their debuts. Rory Whitaker. Oh, on. The guy the, the guys had like the biggest achievement of his life and you're on the U Football podcast absolutely butchering his name. Give him some respect. Fran Fran, Fran, Fran Jack. Jack. Mate, so we, the double Fran has put me off here. <laughs> double Fran. <laughs> both these players sixteen years old, which is incredible, I think. Franzak is only six days younger than Whitaker, so they're both pretty much born the same kind of month. And it was just brilliant to see Whitaker, a right back, played right wing in the game though, so out of position, thrown in right at the deep end. He beat Jamie McCluskey, who was their previous youngest player in 2004, and he came on for the final 20 minutes of the game for Adam Lafondre. Lauren, these, these players would be born in 2007. Is that? I'm, I'm sure that makes the panel feel old. Yeah, that makes me feel very old. Oh my god! But good for them, honestly. That's very impressive. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be what fifth year at school just now. Fifth year. That's crazy. Guys, wouldn't wouldn't have even sat their hires. It's amazing. So so very very well done both to to Rory and to Fran and Rory. I think I think Rory had a big chance as well. He nearly actually scored when he came on. I was I was watching sports scene the other day. He slipped in. Does does really well. Um, left footed shot, unlucky, just just misses. Um, he said, "Yeah, broke broke that that record from two thousand and four, um, and <laughs> came on alongside Lewis Stevenson, uh, who made his Hibs debut two two years before Whitaker was born. That is the best stat ever. Like <laughs> Lewis Stevenson is just always there, and he always will be. No, it's a tough. It's kind of it's a when we talk about these kind of players, it's when you probably realise that the dream might just about be over, and me and you will not be playing professional football anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. Considering the fact I'm six years older than, than these two fellas, I don't think um, I, I don't think my chance is, is, is going to come. I think that's past me, unfortunately. Um, but Rory was the youngest, uh, the youngest player to feature in the Premiership this season. And the third youngest to play in Scottish football, stop fight, but only for five minutes, Robbie, because five minutes later, Fran then comes on, um, is six days younger than than, than Rory Whitaker, and just and just smashes his smashes his record. It's just it's, it's strange, but you, you know what? I think I think Stephen McLean actually said earlier this season that um, the results weren't good enough from from his side, and he said he's not afraid to go and chuck young boys in to try and to try and rectify that. He's stuck by his word, and he's, he's, he's certainly. You know, giving everyone at the club an opportunity to prove himself. 
Yeah, I believe that St Johnston's previous record holder for their youngest player was a boy, Vic Robertson, who played in 1976. So that's like nearly 50 years that that record stood for. So McLean's clearly sticking to his guns and hopefully it gives a wee shake-up to the first team who haven't been performing to what McLean feels they should be so far this season. Yeah, I think um, he played in a few pre-season friendlies as a 15-year-old in the, in the summer, which is crazy. Like When you think of like what, what we were all like at 15, what we all looked like, Physically, <laughs> like to be to be playing elite sport at, at that age is just incredible. But there's there's more um, more guys of a, of a similar age throughout, throughout the league. Boys that are, are 2006, so, so the year above them. Uh, Rory McLeod made his debut last season. Um, Dylan Reed made his debut two seasons ago for for St Mirren. Um, Dylan Smith, Robbie, your favourite. <laughs> yeah, top top player, and then. We need to talk about Lennon Miller as well. I'm sure we've spoken about Lennon lots of times, but Lennon Miller for me is one of the most exciting players in Scottish football. Like full stop. I think he's a player that could, could go on and do well for the national team. Yeah, definitely. He's a attacking he's got a more of an attacking presence than the likes of Dylan Smith. So hopefully he'll be in a Scotland shirt scoring goals. We've seen him score goals for Motherwell's first team already. So he's a really exciting player that hopefully just continues to progress. Warren, we're seeing an increasing trend of, of, of young players and particularly really young teenagers, guys that are 16, 17 years old, making their debut in the, in, in the, the Scottish Premiership in the, in the top flight this season. There are more examples of Ruben McAllister, Zach Loveless, um, Bailey Rice, and then the, the, the aforementioned Flynn Miller, Dylan Smith, Rory McLeod, um, and, then, and then Fran and Rory from the, the weekend as well. Is that an encouraging sign to see you know these 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 young guys get, getting a chance at, at the top level so early in their career? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's it shows how well footballers are at a young age, how they start so young and manage to progress so quickly into the yeah, the Scottish Premiership. It's just quite incredible how they progress so quickly. Um, and yeah, it's really pleasing to see. And then you see in the English Premier League as well, young players as well. So it's yeah. It's really encouraging to see. It's good to see people of such young age getting like a taste for first team football. Like even if they're not going to be a regular every week, just getting that chance to play in the first team and play amongst professionals gives them that kind of taste and hopefully adds to their yeah. like drive and ambition. Yeah, and I think that's really important because like managers always talk about like protecting these players because you don't want to just like chuck them in and then you know they they it goes wrong and then they lose their confidence, blah, blah, blah. But, but it, it's good to see these guys kind of being phased in. Lennon Miller's a great example of that, you know, plenty of substitute appearances, cup, cup appearances last season. And then now he's a fully-fledged starter because he's had that experience of being around the first team for an extended period of time. So it's, it's great to see. And, um, you know, th- these guys are in 19, 20, 21. These are like 16 and 17-year-olds, proper, proper young players. And I just really, really hope we can, um, we can keep a hold of these guys. Um, stat here that there have been 13 16 year olds uh, have made their debut and 13 17 year olds have made their debut since since the, the league shut down for COVID so it's it's really really encouraging and fingers crossed Robbie that bodes well for the for the national team in future yeah absolutely just the more the more kind of first team experience these guys can get the better and I think that it can only grow them as players and hopefully just breaks the Scottish young talent in there 
in the kind of players that we've been talking about. So hopefully in the future they can find their way into Hamden. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's great stuff to hear. Really, really positive news. Um, but unfortunately, we have to um, speak about something that's hurt everyone in the the, the youth football sphere um, at the minute. That's the the unfortunate passing of of um, Naomi Ferrans. It's a, a real tragic accident um, where Naomi had a nine year old girl who uh, played for Cumnock Juniors has um, been knocked down while riding her bike and. In, in New Cumnock, um, I'm sure a lot of people will have, will have already heard heard the news. You know, they had the the, the minute silence at the Scotland Belgium game, um, and minute silences across uh, youth football matches last weekend to to pay tribute to to Naomi from what what here was a, a fantastic young footballer um, and a, a real sore miss to, to everyone involved with with Cumnock Juniors. Um, football club. So, Cumberland Juniors Girls Football Club uh, released a statement. They they said the players, parents, and coaches of Cumberland Juniors 2016s send our deepest condolences to our friends at the Cumberland Juniors Girls team following the devastating news of the tragic and sudden death of one of their under tens players. Thoughts and prayers. Um, it's, it's it's not nice to hear these things. It's it's really tough. But but Robbie, I think it's important that we, you know highlight this and give recognition to to people like Naomi when when, when they've passed to, to really show what sort of impact she's been able to leave on the grassroots football community. No one should should have to go that young. It is a tragic accident. Um but there are, you know, there are girls who are, are now left without a teammate. There's a family that's now left without a daughter. It's it's, it's awful to see. Um, but it's, it's really great to see Robbie, you know, the grassroots football community getting around this and, and everyone paying their paying their tributes to who was a, a fantastic young footballer. Yeah, it's just a, a heartbreaking incident that's tough to put into words how horrible it must have been for her friends and family. But we've seen plenty, there's plenty of videos on Twitter from the weekend of loads and loads of teams, like especially Cumnock, but not just Cumnock Juniors, teams from all around the country. We're having moment silences and minutes applauses and just paying tribute to Naomi before their games. And yeah, I think we should just give our deepest condolences to our friends and family. Yeah, everyone at YFS would like to, you know, send their regards to to to, to Naomi and Naomi's family and, and everyone at uh, Cumberland Juniors Girls Girls Football Club. Um, a, a real real sad piece of news. Um, last week, Robbie, we spoke about uh, the Scotland under-16 boys who were, were due to uh, play against Switzerland. Um, unfortunately, lost 4-1 in that match at the Piratar Arena. Uh, the, the only goal of the game for, for Scotland scored by Alexander Smith of uh, Rangers. But that's maybe not so good. But I believe, Robbie, there was a bit of a better performance from the, the under-19 girls. Yeah, there was. On Friday, they played against Hungary in the first of a doubleheader. And they managed to beat them 2-0 goals from Jodie McClary and Ailey Austin. Gave them a win in that one. On a slightly worse note, they did lose 2-1 yesterday. Laura Berry's second half goal wasn't quite enough to salvage a positive result. But across the two legs, a 2-0 win, 2-1 loss. Not bad for the doubleheader friendlies. And hopefully that will set them up for their European Championship qualifiers. Yeah, Lauren, the big result there for the, for the 19 girls against Hungary and you saw the, the, the women's national side get a draw last night against Belgium. Um, played really well against England, I thought, as well. 
kind of towards the end of 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 last week, just really unlucky. Um, don't get me talking about VAR and the referee's performance in that match. We'll be here all day. But, you know, it, it seems like the, the, the Scotland women's team and the Scotland women's youth teams are all going in the right direction. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's good to see them progressing really well um, during their seasons. Um, yeah, it's, as well as the men's team as well, it's nice seeing both um, women's and men's teams doing really well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's great to see you know, Scottish, Scottish football seems to be to, to be flourishing at uh, men's, women's, youth football just now. So let's let's hope we can get some some tournament qualifications secured in the in the coming months and, and and years, so we can you know continue this this great momentum that we've we've got just now. Um, Robbie, there was a there was a, there was a derby match at the weekend up in uh, you know your it's neck not, of the woods. Wasn't not wasn't what I want to be talking about. Adam. Wasn't wasn't the first team, but no. what, what happened to your lot? Disaster. It was to be fair. It was a very, very tight game. The under 14s North League Cup derby, of course, like many of the finals do up north, it went down to a Highland derby between County and Cali. Uh, finished the full full time. Finished nil nil. Neither side managed to break the deadlock through the game, and then just five minutes to go before. The game went to penalty. Maria Cruz put Inverness in the lead with a brilliant strike. And I think many, many of the supporters on the north side of the bridge would have been worried at that point. But Beth McDonald managed to pull a goal back to send the games to penalties. But Is that, is that your sister, Robbie? No, it's not. Unfortunately, <laughs> my sister would never be able to grace the, grace the hallowed turf. Highland football, <laughs> but Cali did in the end win the game on penalties 8 7. So, a very agonizingly close penalty shootout, sudden death. But yeah, Inverness can take that one. Robbie, you're a Ross County super fan, some would say. Does it, does it still hurt even under 14's level? Oh, it always hurts, but I think. I would rather be in the position that the county first team is in right now than have a better under 14s team. I, 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 I would be inclined to agree with that, fair enough. Um, we also had the, the under 13s Persevere Cup at, at the weekend, complete opposite end of the country, um, down in the borders with uh, Lock End, Colts against Peebles um, FC. 6 six 1 victory. So, Peebles, beautiful place, by the way. You ever been, Robbie? I have not actually. No. I know plenty of people. I've been to Gala, which yeah. is. I was going to say, we've, we've both got quite a lot of friends from people, so I thought, you know, you would. No, there's a wee connection, but none of them are really worth visiting, I would say. Harsh. <laughs> I live about 20 minutes away from people. Where are you from, Lauren? I, I live south of Edinburgh, so I'm quite close to people, actually. I have friends in people's. Uh, are we talking like West Linton territory around about yeah, there? Yeah, I live yeah, quite close. Um, I'm Pennycook, so yeah, quite close. Anyway, enough of uh, Peebles before I start talking about Belting. What a place, what a, what a, what a time that is. Um, nah, a fantastic victory for, for Peebles 6 1 at the weekend over Lock End in the under 13s Persevere Cup. Uh, you know, first half goals from Dawson Atkins and George Pickburn um, put them well in control before, you know, Atkins got a second, then Chico made it. 4 um, 0 just, just after the beginning of the second half. Lock End pulled one back um, through Tyler Coleman, but. Taylor Taylor Murphy scored either side of a missed pen um, to make sure that it was a, a comfortable third one in a row for the for the team from the borders. Um, let's let's not hear from me. You don't want to hear me blabbing on about people. Let's hear from uh, the manager. 
um, from from Hamill's coach Andy just now. So Andy, a 6-1 win here in the Persevere Cup. What was your take on the game? Well, at the start, we were a little bit anxious because we only had one substitute. There's a few players away today, but we knew this was going to be difficult. We played Lock M before, always a difficult trip here. But I have to say that each and every one of them were fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Dawson, who got man of the match, thought we were going to get a hat-trick out of you, but, um, but never mind. I, I thought their keeper was absolutely outstanding for me. Uh, difficult game, but we played really well as a team which I'm delighted about, and roll on to the next round. As you say, their goalkeeper was a standout. It was a 6-1 win. It could have been a lot more, but for him, and a penalty save. So just how uh, proud are you were proud were you of your team and also for Lockend as well? They showed some good fight. They did show some good fight. Yeah, you're right, and the keeper did keep them in it. Uh, I mean, these guys here that we've got, they turn up wind, rain, shine for the training on a, on a Tuesday and a Thursday. We never get many complaints sometimes when we're putting players in different positions but they work so hard and they deserve every every bit of success this weekend well done guys and just more generally i'm taking it this is your first year living aside how have they um gotten used to it and adapted so far yeah no it's been tricky so the the, the our first game was a, a real rude awakening you know, we, we took a we took a bit of a hiding but we've we've adapted well um the goals are somewhat bigger than we were used to and uh, uh you know what we've got there, it's going to be it's going to be a tricky road, but we're getting there. This is our third one on the spin, so we're looking forward to next weekend. That's great. Thank you very much, Thank and you. congratulations. Thank you. Now, Warren, I believe you were at a game of your own at the weekend, Spartans versus North Merchiston. Um, sounds like a great game. Tell us all about it. Yeah, so uh, I was at Spartans White FC versus North Merchiston um, in the Andrew Towns Cup um, on Saturday. Um, they're quite close in their league. Um, North Merkston are 12th in their league and Spartans Whites are in their 11th in their league. So it's going to be quite a tight game in a cup game. Um, to start off the game, their ref turned up 10 minutes late. So that was always unsettling for the players <laughs> and the ref getting changed at the side of the pitch. But, you know. Um, <laughs> you know that's, that happens so often. It's like, it's such a, you know, that just kind of sums up grassroots football at times you know the, the ref being like getting changed at the side of the pitch but I, I feel for these refs because you know quite quite often it's they're like they are booked like all morning so they've got to get between games between games between games it's, 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 it's a shame they're, they're so busy but they get plenty of money for it so yeah exactly yeah no uh, so started 10 minutes late but it was fine um it was good battling between the teams in the first half um really good defending from both sides um i want to make a special mention to reese scott and Lachlan Knath uh, from North Markston because they did great defending. A um, couple of free kicks and corners during the game, but nothing came of it. Um, and then it all kind of kicks off in the last 10 minutes, to be honest. Um, red card goes to a Spartans player. Um, and then... Hey, Lauren, give us your verdict. Was it a red or not? Um, well, it was a uh, second yellow. So um, I think it was for bad language, if I'm honest. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, we'll just we'll, we'll just kind of go over that and uh, let's, but you know these the, these things happen. Yeah. Passion field game. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what, Robbie? You're right. Bit of passion as long as it wasn't abusive. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. No. So yeah. Um. But yeah. To be fair, they um. They kept with it, Spartans, and then number twenty-one, Harry Kai, um, on his debut scores a, a header from a, a corner. So he did really well. It went in top right-hand corner, and it was a great goal. So yeah, he was delighted, um, and got to interview him after the game, and he was so pleased, um, especially in a cup game and his debut for the club. So it was really good. 
Yeah, well done, Sam. Sounds fantastic. So let's let's hear from him now. Let's uh, get that interview right up. Warren, well done. Let's hear it. So, Harry, how did you find the game? Oh, brilliant. Didn't have the best of games, but it's good to get a last minute goal. Uh, incredible feeling. Just, I never really score goals as well, so debut as well, so brilliant feeling. We didn't have the best of games as well, so even even better to go and win, even if we're not playing well. Right, Robbie. Now your time to shine. You were at a, you were also at a game um, this weekend for Lanark versus Larbert Colts. Larbert from my neck of the woods. It's kind of a, a team not too far from where I am. What, what what happened in this game? Well, we were just giving the ref a little bit of stick for turning up late for Lauren's game. I was actually late myself for this game. So <laughs> I, can, I can sympathise with them. But <laughs> how, how, how were you late? I just, to be honest, mate, I just, I got off the train and then realised I had absolutely no idea where I was going. <laughs> so I was, four, <laughs> luckily I was going to the game with another boy, James, James Henry, who I believe you know, Adam, kind of got in a YFS yes, James. first game. Yes, someone I, I recruited to YFS, great guy, love him. Yeah, so I was, I phoned James and I got off the train and he was like, I don't really have a clue where I'm going either, but <laughs> luckily James managed to work it out before kickoff. So James where was, was uh, the James game? All... Where was the game? A Newton Farm. Oh, right, yeah, that is in the middle of nowhere. So it's like Newton Farm Primary School. Right. The pitch just said Newton Farm, and there was a few pitches in Newton Farm, so we were wandering about until we saw one with players on. <laughs> but James managed to get to the game in time to see kick-off. But at, literally, as I walk into like the kind of primary school grounds and just get my first glimpse off the pitch, the ball is fired into the roof of the net. It was Lewis Baird who got the goal, as James informed me afterwards, who was, as we were talking about last week, Adam, the big defender, comes up the pitch, captain of the team, and Brilliant. smashes the ball home. Brilliant. We, we said last week that we assumed uh, that guy was the was the coach's son, but we're kindly informed by one of our listeners that he's absolutely not the coach's son. So that's uh, that was that was good to hear. I wonder if, if this guy maybe is. It could have been, he could have been, but third Lanarker's side just kind of continued to continued on the ascendancy and just built attacks throughout the rest of the half. It looked like they were getting a foothold in the game, but Lorbert did do well to hold them out. Like they defended well, but they couldn't really get much in the way of an attack going. Lorbert, eh, sorry, third Lanark had some really big defenders, which was proving a bit of a a struggle for the Lorbert defence in the first half. But just a few minutes after halftime, I believe it was the fifty third minute, Sebastian Mackay lashed the ball into the top right corner for Lorbert and managed to get that equaliser. A brilliant, brilliant finish. Uh, but it was kind of, I think uh, James described it in his speech to camera as a kind of topsy-turvy few moments in the game, which was a brilliant cliche to have used because that's exactly what happened. Just a couple of minutes later, Third Lanark restored their lead following a great passage of play down the right-hand side. Barry Masterson clipped a wonderful cross, which was met by a composed finish by Anthony McMurray, who guided the ball in. But then less than a minute later, Lorber equalised again. Cameron McLean got the ball in midfield, played a lovely pass through to Freddie Gardner, who was one of the kind of smaller strikers I was saying wasn't getting much luck in the first half, but he showed some great movement to find space and slotted the ball into the bottom left corner. And then 10 minutes later, Lorbert got themselves the lead. It was Gardner again. He timed his run well to get on the end of it and he tapped the ball in from close range to make it 3-2. 
the rest of the game was pretty much all third Lanark, just battering them, trying to get in the game. I think third Lanark kind of saw themselves as favourites. That's what you were. That's what I was getting from the coaches' shout and the coaches' team talk. But Warbert just held out brilliantly. The keeper was fantastic. The defenders were fantastic. A couple of goal clearances, and then at the end of the game, it finished three two to Warbert. Yeah, huge result. Well done to. To Robert Colts and well done to James as as well on his on his first game. So let's hear from James because he spoke to Freddie from Robert Colts after the match. So two goals today. Yeah. Half of the performance. Really happy. The boys done well. Yeah, good to clear that in the last minute. Fun. Not another goal. Good pressure. That was it. I know, exactly. So good performance. Had you won the first game of the season as well. So yeah. pick on for this now, two wins in a row. Yeah. Just make sure you keep winning, keep scoring. And we should be fine in the league. That's yeah, it. Exactly. And from a personal perspective, two goals, two good goals as well with that. So happy with that. Try to continue with this for the yeah. rest of the season. Right? Yeah. Oh, very good. Right. Yeah. So leave it that much. Cheers. Thank you. All the best. Cheers, bud. Thank you. So, Robbie, it's great to have a, a couple of special guests with us today. We've got Chris and Jerry from Edelwood FC who are going to tell us about a very um, special project that they've, they're, they're hoping to achieve in the near future so Chris Jerry can you just tell us a little bit about you know what's going on with with Edelwood just now and, and, and you know why you guys are, are here talking to us today uh, well we're going through an asset management transfer with South Lancashire Council and uh, we've currently got two grass parks at Edelwood and a pavilion and we've had that for about 40 years mm-hmm. um, we hope to retain one grass park and replace the other one with a 4G uh, park and with floodlight fencing. Uh, the pavilion is 40 year old and that's why we're engaging with the community to try and get their feedback on what they would like to see the community hub as we're calling it, what we would, they would like in it, whether it's a community cafe, a youth club, a food bank, uh, meeting rooms for, you know, pensioners, disabled groups, whatever the community would like to see that facility turned into. So that's our vision. Uh, we know it's not going to happen overnight, um, but we've started the process. We're going to put in an application uh, within the next few weeks to South Lancashire Council, and then we just take it step by step from there. Yeah, so what is that process like? So what what needs to happen for, for you guys to, you know, to have this enabled and, and, and be able to make this 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 project a, a reality? Um, we had to, uh, one, become a charity. We thought that was the best way to go down. Um, we've engaged with local councillors, with Fastland, who are the third sector, you know, and help community groups and uh, charities. Um, we've had a few hurdles over, we didn't realise how complicated it would be. Um, so we are we probably set back about six months because we weren't set up for it yet. But we've learned a lot. Uh, we've changed our board. We've got new members on. Um, and we're a bit more organised and professional now through that learning over the last, what, year and a bit now. So now... Uh, for the first or sometime in November, early November, we need to put in an application to South Lancashire Council who will review our plans and then uh, take that to the housing 
uh, committee and they will vote whether we get the, the asset transfer uh, or not. It's, 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 it sounds like a, a brilliant idea, you know, keep one grass pitch, turn the other into an astro, tr you know, transform this pavilion into, as you said, a community hub. What sort of impact do you think this could have both on, you know, the kids that are involved with the, the football club, but also on the like the, the kind of wider community? What sort of impact do you think this project will have on, on these people if, if it is to be successful? Oh, massive impact for both the youth, you know, playing football, boys, girls, whatever, for the community. Um, it could be massive because there's not a lot around that area. Um, there, you know, there's reports of vandalism and antisocial behaviour and that. So that's why we've um, engaged with the community, that we can get them on board and, and the youth and see what they would like at that facility. Um, Right now, South Lancashire Council are at capacity for their, their training facilities. We can only use that park because it's grass. There's no floodlights just now. So in the winter, it would be fully used at night. And uh, not by, just by us, but we've got spare capacity. Any other teams can use it and, and book it. So it's not just solely for, for us. Um, it allows us to grow as a club. We want to have teams at every age group. Um, Youth levels, we've just started, the women's team just now have just started for the first time. Um, so they are getting ready to start next year. The amateurs have restarted. So just having that out there just now, we've had two teams want to join us and a lot of inquiries about starting new teams. So if we get this facility, we can grow the club uh, as year. Um, so over 35 disabled football Whatever we can do in that facility, it, it, it could be massive for both the football club and the community. Yeah. What's it? What's the, the long term vision then for 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 Edelwood? What let's say if this comes off in in five years time, what what do you hope the club and the the community around the club looks like? Oh, completely different. We have a, a team at every age age level, from you know five year old right the way up to under eighteens. And we have ladies teams, we have girls teams, we have disabled, we have amateurs, over 35s. And that's a push that the, the football committee will be doing if we get it, that we will be recruiting uh, and trying to engage with other clubs that maybe not have their facilities that if we don't have an age group, we could invite them on. Um, the community would have a, a, a facility that can be special and they can be proud of. Uh, and it can be used. Also bring jobs to the area because if that facility is successful and we build it, then we need staff there to to man it uh, and look after it. And the whole community can be used seven days a week. Yeah. So massive impact for it for, for everyone at not just Edward but the whole local Hamilton area as well. Yeah, it it, it sounds like something that. I would absolutely love to see happen. So how can, you know, people like ourselves and and other people listening to this help help you guys out and, and get involved? Is there, there any way these, uh, you know, any, anyone listening to this podcast right now can can help? Well, we've obviously got the posts on social media. Um, so we're looking for a response, not just for people in Edward or Hamilton, for surrounding areas. 
we're looking for people just to give us some feedback to see what they would like in the facilities. Um, if they've got any ideas, we've engaged with the local police. Um, they've superintendent there has come up with some great ideas that we've took on board. Um, once this survey is completed, we will then sit down, review it, um, see what the findings are, and probably go back to the community because it's, it, constantly it's going to be a community engagement. Even though it's branded as Edelwood FC, the, the hub itself, what we call it the pavilion, is going to be for a wider community. So we're looking for as many people to interact with us, give us feedback. As, as Jerry says, we're still learning as well. Um, so we just... We just need as much feedback as possible. Yeah, and and Chris, where can where can people find this this survey? Is this through your you know on social media channels? We're on social media channels. Um, so it's on the Edward Fa- Facebook page, Edward Football Club. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. Um, if anybody would like one as well, there's a, a number on on that, and we can post it out. Um, we're stamped address envelope for them to return it. Perfect. This is um, that act, the, the pitch and the pavilion you're talking about. Um, I've played there before. I, I remember playing a Scottish Cup game there um, when I was younger. Yeah. Embarrassingly, actually, I've got got a story about this. I think so. I, I played um, through in like Fourth Valley. Our games were always on Saturday mornings. It was a cup game, but Edelwood were playing on Sunday mornings when cup games. Hit. So I turned up on the Saturday. Me and my dad have, have driven through. Only people there, and I was like, "Oh no, no chance!" So I just—that's why I always remember playing Edelwood for that reason. Did you, um, did you win the game? Uh, sorry. Did you win the game? No, I think we got beat. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually think we got beat the next day. But uh, yeah, that was a, a, an interesting weekend. So you know, having that own personal connection to to, to the facility. Uh, well, from from nowhere near there, there will be thousands of kids and now adults from all over Scotland, all over South Lanarkshire, and the wider area that have played here and that feel connected to that facility. So really important that anyone listening to, uh, to this heads over to the, the Edelwood Football Club social media channels, give your thoughts, get over to the survey, because even if it doesn't directly affect you now, it could affect your kids that are playing there in the future and, you know, people that... Uh, could potentially be involved with with the club in the future. So, really hope that this 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 project you know kicks on and as a success. Chris and Jerry, thank you very much. Loved loved hearing from from you guys. Is there anything else you'd like to say to? No, just just thanks for inviting yeah. us on. And out of this, if we can get some volunteers that we're looking for, and you know, not just the local community, but somebody in finance, accounts, you know, whoever it is, we're trying to get a wide so that our governances. 100% uh, and our transparency, everything that we're doing is 100%. So people out there want to volunteer, then please get in touch with us and uh, we're happy to for you to come on board. Absolutely. As as I've said, as Chris has said, as Jerry has said, if you want to be involved in this, get in touch, head over to their, their social media platforms, get in touch with, with the guys at the club and you know you can be part of something special. So Chris, Jerry, thank you very much for, for coming on and enjoy the thank rest you. of the day. Thank you, see you later. Thank you guys. Hey, Bye. Thanks. Bye. Gosh, sorry. Um, Class. We'll just do a wee outro then do the, the question. That... Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Yeah, great to hear from Chris and Jerry there um, at Edelwood. Robbie, as I said, that's um, that little embarrassing story. You know, I've uh, played there before, turn up a day early, end up, I'm, I'm pretty sure we lost the game as well. 
Are you? Can you remember of, of anything similar from, from your days where you've maybe made a bit of a, a logistical blunder? They, I don't think I've ever turned up to a game on the the day that it was not meant to be played. Adam, <laughs> I think that might that might just be one down to you. Oh, you turned up for a game late at the weekend when you're meant that's to be true, that's true, But at least it was in the right place. <laughs> it would be crazy. I, but like Warren to you know to hear from 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 Chris and Jerry, it really sounds like they're they're doing something you know really positive for 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 that community. Yeah, definitely. It sounds really encouraging, and yeah, definitely the local community. Um, I think it'll be a good, really good thing for them, um, and hopefully they get it built. Um, yeah, I think it'll be really rewarding for them, as well as securing other jobs and um, kids and adults and everyone getting involved. I can't imagine. I can't imagine Edelwood's a place that gets much tropical weather in winter time. So, an AstroTurf can only be beneficial to the the youth teams up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Robbie. Um, I, I don't think Hamilton and the, the surrounding areas are, um, as you said, uh, used used to fantastic weather throughout the winter. So let's let's hope, fingers crossed, Chris, uh, Chris and Jerry can can pull it off, and, and everyone at Edelwood can have that you know, brand new facility with a with a new AstroTurf and, and a, a real community hub in, in place of the, the 40-year-old pavilion just now. Um, but great, great to hear from, from those guys. We had a good chat earlier about um, the games you were at the weekend. Spoke about Spartans and, and North Merkiston, uh, for Lanark versus uh, Larbert Colts. Spoke about Robbie's team getting beaten in the, the, the North League Cup derby. We spoke about the Pers- Persevere Cup down in the borders. Um, also a little bit about, you know, the... The, the 16 and 17 year olds doing so well across Scotland and um, some of our, our, our Scottish youth teams getting some positive results as well. So really good chat today, um, Robbie and Lauren. Really enjoyed it. Um, and remember, always, always, always come back and listen to us next. We're here every single week. So make sure you're checking your phone for the Youth Football Podcast. Until next time, see you later.